This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ableist comfort zone. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. This is another episode of Disabled Girls Who Lift. Today, we're going to talk about dismantling systemic racism. This is Marcia from South Florida. This is Chloe from Iowa. And it's Mary Beth from California. So, systemic racism is a thing. Steps to dismantle it. Number one, acknowledge it's a thing. (laughs) Great job, everyone. So, we're going to get... I mean, this isn't going to be a full in-depth thing. We're not scholars by any means in history or racism or anything at all. Google is free, and that's what we've done. We've Googled, guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about the background of what makes up that system of racism and how that feeds into our everyday lives as people with disabilities. How does that relate to lifting? And most importantly, how does that relate to what are we going to do about the police? So I do want to ask, because I'm just curious, if any of this stuff that's popping up online is surprising to either of you in general. What is the most surprising thing and what's the least surprising thing? Do you mean the discussion of defunding the police? Not even there yet. Just systemic Systemic racism. racism. (laughs) Yeah, just there. Just on racism. Um... Most surprising is that people are still denying that systemic racism is a thing. That's for me. What about you, Mary Beth? Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's it's so big because you assume that even people of color, even like black folks completely understand and we don't. My own family members refuses to acknowledge systemic racism within their own police departments within the military and just because they've seen or we've seen you know us picking up ourselves from the bootstraps that right uh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hate that phrase yeah no 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 i mean i would say probably for me the most surprising thing is Uh, Not that people don't acknowledge it, because people don't like to talk about things that make them uncomfortable. That's not, that's a part of the system. So that's, that wasn't surprising. What's surprising to me is uh, black people that are not aware of how many anti-black ideas that they've kind of internalized. Mm. So when you're in the mad world that is like Twitter and you see some of these things people are saying, you're like, yo, come, what? (laughs) Really? Mm. So that was probably the most least. What was your most surprising, Chloe? Was my least surprising. Disappointed. <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. Not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised <laughs> by that. But I mean, that's real. There's no, there's, there's no judgment there. You just thought people did better. Oh yeah. That's all. And and I think the way I see it, at least from my end, because a lot of us are immigrants in my family, you know, mm-hmm. we're still anti-immigration because we're everyone's like, well, I got here legally or <laughs> there's this idea of assimilating and being as American as possible. So if you see us, you know, kneeling or not putting your hand on your chest when um, the God, I, I don't even remember anthem. what it's called. The, the national the anthem. anthem is played. Yeah. You know, we're so anti-American, even though we're not, we're not like natural citizens. 
Yeah, and I can relate to that also because, I mean, sure, I'm black, but my family comes from Haiti. And like most immigrants, when you come into this country, just by the way the system is set up, you come in and you see like, oh, black Americans. All right. Those people are trash. I'm not like them. And then you try to get closer and closer to whatever is right and is okay and is whatever. So for me, growing up, I learned whatever white America taught me. You know, I didn't learn about Juneteenth and the fact that some slaves weren't (laughs) free for years until after the proclamation was signed. Like, all we learned is like, oh, yeah, he signed it. Hooray. Okay, (laughs) um, now we're going to read this book about witches for three months. (laughs) um, Okay, (laughs) like that's what's important to learn about, right? That's what's important. Let's let's read these random plays and so yeah, I went straight I into the Boston Tea Party and yeah. all these other European events. Yeah, just skip skip straight over. And we spent tons of time in that first history of America and and oh the cherry tree oh Washington chopped cherry tree and you know we got all these little <laughs> cutesy stories. We got coloring books. What about slavery? Literally, what can I tell you that I learned is that it ended. Has it though? That's what I learned in school. They told me it ended and it was over with. We washed our hands. The next day, racism was over. Oof. False. False, guys. Yeah. When Obama was elected, they were saying oh, we're like in the yeah. post. What would they call it? This is a term post racial racial area or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, stupid. <laughs> or that or the complete opposite that America was gonna burn to pieces because a black man was in power. But why aren't they showing stuff like the thirteenth the thirteenth documentary in, you know, middle school, high school, right? <laughs> when they I teach know. No, they don't want to teach us. They want to teach us what feels good and what feels cozy and comfortable. And we could have Columbus Day and we could about talk oh. about Thanksgiving as a big kumbaya and None of that is true. They won't tell you about the history of how many treaties that they made with people they slaughtered and then shit on those treaties and then like stuffed indigenous people all over the place where they felt was good. No, because that part's not tidy. It doesn't look nice. Right. So that's that's where that's where the system starts right there is telling the history wrong. You grow up. As a little kid, all you did was nice, cute coloring books. And you got to high school and just read novels about witches and whatever other one they're popular. I feel like everybody reads the same fucking books in high school. Great Gatsby and, like, two other things. <laughs> and then you get to college. Yeah, throw and, some Shakespeare in there and then yeah, you Yeah, some Shakespeare. College. That's it. Yeah. That's all you got to know. And then you get to college. You spend some more time on bullshit. And then you're out in the world. That's it. Nobody taught you anything. Unless you are in the wrong on the wrong end of the system then maybe you learn a few things the hard way but i will say that it all goes back to the quote-unquote ending of slavery because if people still don't know what juneteenth is because it passed already so by now i hope you saw something but they signed the emancipation proclamation and then it took a couple of years soldiers to enforce it for people in the South to actually stop owning slaves. So Juneteenth is, is the day that that's celebrated. It's a year, two, it's two and a half years after. And they pulled up in Texas and they were just like, yo, free your slaves, bitches. Let's do this. <laughs> but like, what do you think happens the next day? I mean, where are these black people going to live? Where are these black people going to work? Where, where are they going to hold their money in a bank? Mm-hmm. Who's going to hire them? Mm-hmm. 
this is what 1800s and we didn't even have desegregation until the 1960s so i mean we started from nothing and i mean i think we did pretty good for what we got i think people have a hard time picturing that being so little a progression so one of the biggest things to me that kind of paints that picture is the fact that in these bigger cities a lot of covid cases are mostly black people black and brown people and the first thing you could do is say oh it's because they're poor and they're dirty they don't take care of themselves that's like the easy thing to do or the second thing you could do is say all right um where do they live in the city why do they live in the city because white people literally created suburbs to get away from black people okay how are they getting around in the city public transportation all right interesting where are they working (laughs) They're all essential workers, grocery workers, transportation, all of these little things that they were able to get because as a black person, just your name alone will keep you from getting a job. You go to a bank and try to start your own business, you're less likely to get a loan. So these are the jobs that we have. So then you circle, you you pound that on for years and years and years and hello, you have a pandemic. Who's it going to hit hardest? Mm hmm. And these and these low income neighborhoods, you know, South Central, where I was raised for 15 years, it's already overpopulated as it is. L.A. is overpopulated. Lots of places in Atlanta, um, you know, huge, huge cities with disproportionate neighborhoods like these hospitals can't can't function properly even pre-covid and here we are with a new ass pandemic yeah yeah they can and they can't ship them over to beverly hills they're (laughs) not going to take them there (laughs) it's a hot mess and even even let's say all right fine they're poor they should have gone to school quote unquote they should have done this they should have done that should have taken care of themselves okay fine let's say somebody did at the end of the day A black person walking into a hospital is going to get treated differently than a white person walking to the hospital, period, end. Like, black women in America that have babies or are expecting have the same death rates as women in third world countries. So even if we do everything right, even if you're Serena Williams or Beyonce, just being black in a hospital could kill you. Which they both almost did. And that's the story of a lot of black women. Mm-hmm. So even even when you pile on all the excuses of why you think, oh, it's not the system. Oh, they just got to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. To what? What are we going to pull to? Yeah. And e- even when it comes to pain, racial bias affects pain treatment. You can tell a, a black woman telling a doctor she's in pain is, is less likely to get proper treatment. And so... I want to stop you right there because you Mm -hmm. said something super important and I think you should repeat it because people don't understand what you mean when they say black women are still treated differently than white women. Like, I I know a lot of you just a few months ago watched this uh, series on Netflix called All American where you have this high schooler from Crenshaw move into, I think it was Beverly Hills or, you know, some affluent white neighborhood in Los Angeles and he gets fatal, like almost fatally wounded by a gunshot. And they were not going to give him the proper transplant and uh, surgery that he needed because <laughs> he was considered, you know, lower. Um, um, what's it called? Well, just less than. 
that and so much more yeah (laughs) this is a real show or was like a a a fiction or non-fiction uh that's a good question it might be non-fiction but yeah just the lower priority cases are almost always black and brown folks you know in hospitals but later on come to think they're like oh wait this guy is a legend he is going to make it into the NFL. He's getting drafted into, you know, the best colleges. And wow. that shouldn't that shouldn't be the reason why you save the kid's life. You no. should save him because he's a fucking human being and he's a <laughs> 17-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely wild. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mess. It's a hot mess and people have to realize that the mess is everywhere. And all a pandemic do is doing right now is showing us our mess that's it it's like we you know slavery ended and we we got ourselves a storage unit and we started paying monthly on it and put it away tucked it in and the pandemic came and said oh open that shit up (laughs) (laughs) here we go time to unpack that's where we are and i think to me this the the biggest part of what um when it comes to healthcare, the biggest part of that is the fact that it's never gonna get better unless we call it by its name. So black women are gonna keep dying. Black women and Hispanic women are are by numbers more likely to have lupus than a white woman. But if you go into a black neighborhood and say, hey, "Have you ever heard of lupus?" They're gonna be like, "What that?" Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any sense that they'll have to go through a much longer process to get a diagnosis. No, instead they're like, no, my grandma died at the age of 40. We have no idea why. We have no idea why. And I, I, I can say the same thing for my family. They're just like, oh, what happened to this on? Oh, uh, I don't know. Heart attack. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, We're laughing, uh, but this is so fucking real. Yeah, it's real. It's it's very real. Or pneumonia, you know, like people just think that 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 must be the normal because number one, when they go to the doctor, they don't get taken seriously. And then there's also the other end of it where historically black people were used for a lot of experiments and don't want to go to the doctor. They don't trust them. So they don't trust them. Or you go in there, you don't really get treated. It's like a, a lose lose situation. There's no way to get out of that unscathed. Man, at trust. All. Trust is huge. And you're hearing, too, a lot of uh, black and brown, like, old school grandparents don't trust banks because they were never afforded loans, you know? They got declined. They got denied for every single loan they had tried to apply for. Yeah, And and that's charged a 20% interest rate. Still going on. That's still today. Even right now, if you Google, you know, why did minority business owners got less of the relief funds? The mistrust with the doctors, does that, you think, stem from the, was it the Tuskegee experiment? Yeah, things like the Tuskegee. Oh, there Uh, we go. (laughs) Yeah, Tuskegee experiment is a big one. Um, There's also some other stories around there that I personally don't know as much about, but I've seen them popping up. Like some story about a a gynecology was founded on somebody that that was doing things with black slaves. Oh. So I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more if we look into it. Um, I wouldn't know specifically anything else to name you, but Tuskegee is a big one. And even if you, um, even if, again, so even if we say, all right, well, they have bad jobs, they have poor education, they have this and that. Okay. I mean, what about places like Flint, Michigan that don't even have clean water? How can you, how can you talk your way around that? 
a city in America, and they're not the only ones, but that's the biggest one that has the biggest campaigning and, you know, little Miss Flint, that little cute girl is always in all the pictures and whatnot. Like, how can you talk about, how can you explain that away if it's not racism? Like, there's no beautiful, lovely, bustling suburbs that are drinking out of bottled waters. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. hmm, what is it? So, and so, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, like, go off on a tangent or touch on a touch up on that a little bit more but lots of lots of cities especially those that don't have access to clean water yeah or like their own rivers in their backyard they usually have them you know shipped over or tunneled over from cleaner water areas but flint started using flint river water right and then which had tons of disease and 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 actual pipes Mm-hmm. So the water source was shit, and then the pipes are leaking lead. Jesus so, Christ. yeah. And they're not, it's not the only city. It's the one that we know about, because they managed to get the cutest little kid to be the face of, like, that situation. <laughs> like, that that's how you get ahead in life, I guess. You gotta have and, a nice mas- mascot to get noticed. Like they Aunt Jemima? It forever. <laughs> like Aunt Jemima. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Yeah, there's other well, there's other cities like that. It's a hot mess. Yeah. But uh, just because we're not talking about it as much doesn't mean it's not happening. It's, yeah, it still doesn't have clean water. Yeah, not really, not really. So I mean, that's a lot of random stuff that we're talking about. But the point is, in the big picture, slavery ended, but did it really? Because we went through what a hundred years of segregation, a hundred years. Plus, because this is still true to today, of banks not giving black businesses loans, of not being able to get a good job because somebody sees Jamal instead of Janine on a, a job application. Like, that's all still very real today, right now. The mortality rates of black women are still high today, right now. Black children are more likely to have more disabilities today, right now. So, if anybody still doesn't believe that racism is real, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with them. Besides turn off Fox News. But like, besides <laughs> that, I, I don't know what we're going to do with them. And if we go back to how surprised we are, especially in the last three weeks of this intense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, education, I guess that's being shared. Like, this is the most invested I have seen white folks ever in the, like, history of my life. <laughs> Nobody yeah. cared about it six years ago or ten years ago when we were talking Black Lives Matter. But now everyone's holding themselves accountable. They're holding their sisters and their uncles accountable. And you're seeing it mm-hmm. across your social media pages. Like, what are you seeing, Chloe, in Iowa? Um, Not that it's any support. different than Florida well, <laughs> or Cali. Well, it might be a little different because I'm in the Midwest. But <laughs> there's a lot of support. The So the protests that uh, Cedar Rapids has had for the past three weeks and technically last night wasn't a protest um it was more of like a celebration march one because it was juneteenth two because our city council passed um they're not passed but they unanimously agreed that they're going to work on the suggestions that uh, our black lives matter advocates gave to them but anyway what i was trying to get at is the last three weeks it's been mostly white people at these protests and I mean, yeah, Cedar Rapids has more white people than black people. 
like as a whole in the population, but that's pretty big. People like to quote MLK and all the like nice and tidy quotes, but he has one quote where he say where he says our um, like our greatest danger to the movement is the moderate white who doesn't want to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a paraphrase, but anyways, that's the point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that it's true. You see, so many things are changing now. How many how many brands that you've never thought would take a social stand against anything are like, okay, we're giving a million dollars now, like. Yeah. <laughs> what? You've had that this whole time? This whole time? You were ready to go with that? <laughs> I mean, and I'm just, that that's probably the other thing that's biggest surprise of this. It's just seeing yeah. the public support. You know, like I play The Sims. The Sims is giving money. You know, I, I shop on really? Etsy. Yeah. yeah, The Sims is giving money. Like, really? I, I knew that's why I read Is it Monopoly the money? Like, like fake money? <laughs> real money. Real money. Real okay. Money. Etsy's making, like, you know, black seller list every day, emailing yep. it. Like, I'm seeing all of this stuff. And it's grand it's amazing and i hope it lasts like it's not black spirit week it's like black lives matter as a movement it's not just like this month Mm -hmm. it's important that we keep it moving forward not when we get kind of bored with it or even as more uh restrictions are lifted with pandemics because i think people have more time on their hands right now that's why we had to force them to watch those videos because if people were living their normal lives, you know, going out and working 40, 60 hour jobs, they wouldn't have seen it. No, they wouldn't have seen it. Not at all. I don't think you're right on that one. And I do. I uh, I mean, so the strength community is 50 50. Like, I'm proud of the people that are coming out and saying things. But I'm also still pretty disappointed in people that are just like, I only pissed powerlifting. Like, yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm still, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that I'm like, oh, man, this is great. I'm glad you guys said this. And there's still a lot of sponsors that only show white, super buff, thin bodies or mm-hmm. brands that are still posting, like, diet culture bullshit, like, just keeping it moving with their content. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... And it's good, though, that we're, like, questioning all of these marketing schemes. They post uh, the black square once and then nothing else for the rest of eternity. Yeah. How much money are you coughing up? You know, everybody's watching them. Yeah. Some are being held accountable. Others are like, oh, my gosh, I applaud you for supporting our black brothers and sisters. But what are you doing? Let's see your action. Yeah, for sure. And does do you know if since we last spoke, did USAPL say anything or they're still not saying anything? Oh, besides, you know, banning trans comments and other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blocking Sorry. all of their followers. I don't know. Chloe, have you seen anything? I have. From USAPL? Yeah. Okay. Hasn't it mostly I... been event? stuff i don't even i don't follow i'm blocked i don't i don't forget you're blocked yet because i haven't you haven't added them but as soon as you do (laughs) they don't discriminate the block button at least (laughs) tell you that much and it's it's such a shame though because they are the ones that have i mean in general the strength community we're, we're all still chocolate drops Right. There's still not a whole ton of us out there. And historically speaking, if we just stop, if we just started desegregating in the 60s, like 
how many people are really going to have access and know about a recreational sport, right? Like, so we're still just pouring in. This is still new for us. Fine. Okay. But I feel like USA powerlifting of all people would be in a position to do more than post a black square when just at their national, somebody posted on their live feed, why are there so many black girls? Mm. So you would think an organization that has seen blatant racism through their social media would know that it's real right? <laughs> and say something about it, but no. And then people question why representation matters. People question why diversity and inclusion is so important. Yet here we go. It's like some people are so used to seeing their all-white neighborhoods and all-white schools that all of a sudden they get they get jittery when they see a black or brown person <laughs> in their sport, right? Why so many? Why so many black girls? A vibe. How many exactly? Can you ha- count them on your hand? <laughs> on your feet? <laughs> uh, I think that was specifically during prime time also. So uh, USAPL has, yeah, their nationals is a real moneymaker because they let pretty much everybody in. And then the cool kids lift at a different time, and that's yeah. cold time. So that was during the prime time. So there was a lot of black girls in prime time, and just people couldn't handle it. Was that when Kim Walford used to compete with USAPL? Kimberly Walford used to do USAPL, and she moved to Virgin Island, which they tried to fight and fight tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. They weren't just going to let her go. So, yeah, they, they've actually had some meets out there, and they have some other athletes that have joined from here. Hopefully, after this pandemic situation, I hope they can get back to that because I'd like to see that grow. Anywho, so yeah, that's racism. I hope we got it. <laughs> Great. Next topic police. What are we going to do about them? Can't live with them, can't live without them. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> we could live with them. <laughs> no that's where this country is divided right now that's why it's so important to talk about the history of police right marcia well a lot of uh, a lot of people today that are super rough and you see them they're caught on camera or whatever literally just being violent you could take that exact role and bring it back to, in the time of slavery, the people that went out and hunted down runaway slaves, these enforcers. Or you could take it back to Jim Crow when they would enforce, you know, a black man using the whites-only fountain. But, you know, it's lynching time and time to hang someone. It's a barbecue and they make postcards out of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, there's really postcards of that. That's real. People used to hang out, bring their kids and talk what? about who they hung. Yeah, it was an event, like a picnic event to hang a black guy. So if our history of police is in protecting these kind of things right. and oppressing black people, how would that possibly ever change if we don't call it by name and realize what's been happening? So. And, and who it's been helping versus who it's been hurting, exactly. which is why everyone who's questioning why police abolition or police defunding is necessary is because white people are so used to calling the police when they see an isolated black or brown person walking around their neighborhood out of suspicion of what (laughs) What like they could be wearing a suit they could be in a car 
Yeah, a black guy in a nice car is going to get pulled over just for being a black guy in a nice car. It's happened all the time. My brother, my as a kid, my brother uh, used to fight with his other friends in the neighborhood when they drove home from school with who could drive home with the white guy so they don't get pulled over. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And if you go to, I don't know what your nice neighborhoods are in your area, but if you go to the pretty polished suburbs, you might not even see a cop car. You go to the city center, they're everywhere. Yeah. And all of this money and all of these resources, they're putting after minor incidents that don't do anything for our lives. Like, really? You're, this cop is going to sit here in the middle of this low-income neighborhood and wait for people to run stop signs? That's what you like. That's what I'm paying for as a tax a taxpayer. That's what I'm paying for. But yet. School lunch is some crusty ass chicken nuggets. Well, you got time to sit on a at a stop sign and give people tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm going just, to those schools. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Even that. Even school. Like, what is that? Like, why do you have to stop and frisk our 16, 14 year olds who are just trying to get an education? Why do we have four police officers who are armed? <laughs> In these, like, schools where they're just trying to get an education. Absolutely insane. And I'm sure it's everywhere, but I just saw recent things on L.A. and their teachers and their school situation and police. Um, They voted to cut down the school police budget. You know how much? You know how much they're spending on school police? How much? $70 million. What? In one city? $70 million. And how much are they spending... How much are yes. they spending on nurses and school counselors and school psychologists? Exactly. How much are they spending on social workers in the Department of Children and Families? Like, how much are they spending on outreach programs and after-school programs? It's fucking crazy. Like, you go to a school, it's got four armed police officers and no nurse. Like, someone's got a bloody nose and they got to wait until 5 p.m. to go home. And clean it, you know? <laughs> yeah, from the time that I was a kid. So I've always gone to mostly black schools. Because where I am, they have what what's called, quote, unquote, magnet programs. And it's supposed to help people spread out instead of just trying to go to the nice schools. They go to the lesser schools because they have a magnet program. So I always did that. And in every school, from start to finish, we would start with an actual school clinic with an all-day nurse and by the time I'd be done with that school it was a nurse that came for two hours on Tuesdays what cops never changed we got more cops I don't know what they did all day besides joke and kid play with kids because it was happening (laughs) wait you're saying there's a two-hour time slot for when the nurse was coming in huh one day out of the week that's That's the only time you can get sick or hurt for two hours (laughs) That's it. That's all you got. And that building, they just shut the lights on and then boop, boop, sack like it didn't exist anymore. Moving on, guys. School nurse for what? And and one nurse for 9,000 kids. Hope that they don't all get sick in one day. Mm-hmm. More If there's more police officers than guidance counselors in a school, like how is that not enough to tell you that we're not putting money where, we, where it matters? Yeah, that's a red flag. And on the the L.A. thing, too, they just uh, those school police returned. This might be old, but they returned some of the equipment they got from the federal government, which includes grenade launchers. Uh, Why do they have have grenade launchers? (laughs) (laughs) We're in a war against our own police. 
the police department specifically or like the ones that were the school police had school grenade police launchers. had grenade launchers <laughs> oh my god I know that when Ferguson first happened, that's when I really uh, learned a lot about the militarization, uh, militarization of police. But I mean, still hearing these things is like really yeah, like mind blowing. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, it's a mess. Do you want to know what what uh the like the crime the crime uh, solving rates are? What since, are they? Since everybody wants to say, but what about violent crime? Black on black. What about violent crime? crime? They're not solving it. So here we go. Mm. <clears throat> 60% of murders are solved. 53% of assaults are solved. 34% of rapes are solved. 30% of robbery are solved. They are failing. Those are Fs and Ds. Yeah, those are not good. <laughs> those are not good. So when you say, what about murder? What about rape? What about it? Nobody's doing anything great for it now. But maybe they could... Um actually solve those cases if they are spending less time at the school yeah (laughs) get them off those traffic stops and put them to work to actually solve these crimes so there's a lot of a lot of why more police have popped up in places they don't belong is is the terrible belief that oh if you stop crime now if you stop these little things then you know you'll keep it from threatening everyday life later on like Really? Giving me a, a traffic ticket is going to scare me out of being a serial killer? I don't really see the connection here. So you might hear broken windows policing or um, terms like that. But that's that's where things like stop and frisk are, became legal. You could literally just stop anybody for any reason. But where where do you think this is happening? Black and brown neighborhoods, downtowns, city centers, densely populated like, nobody's in the middle of Beverly Hills stopping and frisking these people. Nope. The idea of defunding the police sounds very wild, but really, the idea of <laughs> school police having grenade launchers and $70 million should sound worse to you. Yeah, so the defunding, I, I don't know if we explained that well. That would mean moving funds away from, un, like, unnecessary things that the police are doing and... um taking those funds and giving them to maybe like social workers and stuff like that right we're not just slashing funding and cutting police jobs out mm-hmm. yeah so defunding is that idea take the money mm-hmm. out and put it where it matters uh, abolition is the idea that you're cutting police out totally there we and go. i'm not going to yeah. pretend that i know the the difference in terms and who is behind the ideas and where you should go for the information like i'm not but I know from just logically speaking, reform hasn't done anything. Reform has tossed more money towards the police and it hasn't gotten us anywhere. So we got body cams that hasn't gone anywhere. You have random people trying to teach racial bias training and de-escalation and trying to do these things and banning chokeholds. But that clearly, so we could see by the events of this year, hasn't changed anything. Yeah, I mean, here in San Jose, the guy who was leading those trainings for the police department got brutalized in a protest by those same police officers. Uh, like, y'all fucking worked together and you still hit his ass. Of course, now he's questioning whether or not that police reform is helping these larger cities. Wow, <laughs> they paid this man to teach a class and then the students beat the teacher. In, in essence. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And moving moving money away from police also means that you have alternatives to these calls where it's a homeless person on the side of the street just talking to himself and somebody calls the cops completely unnecessarily, you know, gets put into the prison system um, and has no way to come back out or or just it could be one of our uncles or aunts, my own father, you know? Yeah, you never um, know. You never know but, which way that's going to go. And once they're in, in the system and once they have the record, and you could just say, oh, well, they're innocent until proven guilty. I mean, you don't prove it for free. That shit costs money. So, like, no matter what, from that starting of that bullshit, they're, they're kind of fucked. They're kind of fucked. And I think a lot of people are also afraid of calling the cops when... You know, let's say they have somebody having a mental health breakdown and they are scared they're going to hurt themselves or hurt someone else. Who Then the cops come and end up hurting them instead. Like, we need somebody else. We need somebody else they can call. It's clearly not working out. And somebody else who's not armed, you know, especially if whoever's calling is unarmed. Well, that's really hard to prove, but... Why not start with mental health consultants? Why not start with counselors or even, you know, your own neighborhood folks? Because we know we have some neighborhood initiatives also in the works if um, police abolition happens in their, their smaller town. And if we take money away from police and put them towards things that matter, then a lot of these quote unquote problems can actually start being resolved because we're not gonna again we can't solve a problem if we don't call it by its name like how do we solve racism we got to put our money where it matters we created environments where black people are desegregated in dense populations they have to do more more transit more transit less access to schools less access to capital to starting their own business so we have to put money towards all of those things not more police so they could get charges so they could go to prison and then boom now they're stuck with that shit with a record yeah it'll be interesting to see how the bills that both republicans and democrats are working on right now i know the democrats want to go after qualified immunity for the yes but it looks like as of monday the supreme court is like no we're not even gonna review that Mm -hmm. um if you want to explain what that is real quick, just in case nobody knows the term. The qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. So basically that is a way that police are protected from civil lawsuits and trials, um, specifically like actions they do on the job that later they can't be sued for. So I thought I saw something for the Republicans where they said, oh, we're not going to touch it. We're just going to alter it to say they can only use this for cases where they felt their lives were in danger. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's going to fix everything. (laughs) Then what is the point of police reform? We put in all this money into research, into how they can be, you know, less hostile toward individuals, less brutal. And they're going to do it anyway because they've got immunity. They yeah. know they're untouchable. Like yeah, to they think they're above the law. Yeah, and and a lot of these cops, if you get fired, ooh, whoop-de-doo, they'll just hop over a couple cities, get another job. So I think yep. one of the things for the Democrats or somebody separately is asking for a bill is to make a database of that to prevent that from happening. And that's definitely got to be the Democrats, I think, that 
But I'm that's I like yeah that. exactly because the, the firing them isn't doing anything. This is number one you can't sue them. Number two they don't go to jail. All they have to do is just drive a little longer. Now they have a commute. Whoop de doo. You solved police brutality. Yeah you did. And there are still historically speaking way less especially white but all cops. Um, way less cops charged for any of these crimes, for any of these murders. They're still fucking working their daily lives. Yeah, I think we could probably still count on one hand who's actually been charged with anything. And and everyone's always so, oh, if we defund them, or or even if we're all the way, oh, if we abolish police, well, what are we going to do? I mean, what do you think people felt like the day after slavery? It's it's okay, we'll we'll figure that shit out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There were people that were were in the early 1800s like, I don't think I could live my life without my slaves. I should fight for this. And they figured it out, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) Damn. It's not that much of a leap, guys. Like, we could figure shit out. It's okay. Well, in the midst of a <laughs> pandemic, we're figuring shit out already. The whole exactly. world is different. There is no right? new normal. So I don't think I, it'll take that long, to be honest, to find some alternatives to policing. Everything. This is the greatest time. Everyone's Why sitting at home. Everyone's sitting at home. Everyone's got the time, right? Well, maybe not everyone, but everything's already fucked up. So just, just blank slate. Start over. Yeah, but it's not to say that nothing's thought of. You know, we have Native Americans coming out and saying, hey, let's show you how we did some level of policing within our communities, within our tribes to make sure that there's a low violence rate. This is how we're doing it. Or just neighborhoods right now who never called police because they were scared or feared their lives if they called police. They had their own neighborhood or community policing like, I think New York already has some, they're called, like, Cure Violence Programs. Something I'm not familiar like, with that. Me either. I forgot what GMAC stands for, but it's, like, Gangsters Making Some Community Changes. Okay. There's, okay. like, groups already set to try and avoid all the possible ways to not call police. So, cities are doing it. We just haven't been hearing about it because 911 is an easy number to dial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that we can all do much better in trying to look shit up because just like even for me, just hearing the word abolition, just hearing the word defunding sounds really harsh. Capital D, defunding. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. But like, really, it doesn't take you long to Google some shit. Like, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising how many people won't though. They're like, oh, defunding. Like they just think that means automatically no police, which is not what defunding is. I'm glad we discussed the difference there between defunding and abolition. Yeah, and there and there are people that will, and you know, we're not going to get it right because there are people that say, all right, if you use the hashtag defund the police, it was founded by this and this group, and this and this group is actually for police abolition, so you can't say it unless you mean that, and you know, whatever, we're not going to get it right. But what we yeah. know is the police don't need any more money, they don't right. need any more grenade launchers, <laughs> and we need to start putting money where it matters. We do know <laughs> that. We can work with that. <clears throat> Uh, um, so does this does this episode mean that we're removing our donations to campaign zero yeah 
Because right. that was more money. That is literally <laughs> against defunding because they want to put more money. Oh. See, y'all, a lot changes in a week. <sighs> you guys can changes. change your minds, too. It's fine, <laughs> honestly. And you don't have to write a soliloquy either. Don't make a fucking monologue. Just, oh, you know what? I don't think I was right about that one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Talks. <laughs> Just don't support brands that don't align with your beliefs. We've got a racist-ass CrossFit CEO over here. Pull your money out. Reebok. Rogues. Stop supporting trash. They don't care about us. They don't love us. Why do you love them? Yeah. And when you go to vote, like this November, I read about how important it is to go look at the candidate's website to see if they are endorsed by some kind of police union. Ooh, that's, that's something we want to avoid. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Mm, good point there, because that's mm, that. There's going to be a lot of money coming from them to do whatever they can to keep their immunity and their funds as is. So I think we'll uh, wrap that up. That's enough. You guys can do some homework, Google it. We'll try to make some blog posts, get a little deeper. But um, yeah, there's some shit. That was great. Okay, Disabled Girls out. Thanks for listening to Disabled Girls Who Left. We appreciate all of your support and everyone who's taken the time to show us some love. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or write a review of our channel. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also find us on Instagram, at Disabled Girls Who Left.